First today we'll explain a lot of stuff regarding BPF filters, uh, DPX and so on, XDP. Um, I'm also using BPF filters, so you will see some filters in my slides, but it will be less, less, less technical. I'm just a dump user of BPF filters, basically. So the goal of this presentation is how to perform full packet capture for everybody in a convenient way. Uh, by convenient, I mean in a cheap way, because if you contact a lot of vendors, they will be able to bring you nice boxes, but you will have to put a huge amount of money on the table to get the hardware, and they will promise you to have top-notch solutions. But you will see that we, you can also achieve quite nice, interesting solutions for free. A few words about myself. Uh, so my name is Xavier Mer. I'm better known as XD. If you follow me on, on uh, social network like Twitter, that's the Belgian uh, blowfish. Because years ago I was a big fan of OpenBSD, so that's why I, I selected this, uh, this avatar. I'm a freelancer. Um, I have a lot of extra tasks, extra jobs uh, besides my day-to-day -day work. Uh, but in the context of full packet capture, I will put my cap of an, an in, uh, SANS Internet Storm Center handler because we need to investigate a lot of incidents from time to time, and that's why full, full packet capture is interesting. So, first, I'm pretty sure that in this room everybody had one day the issue. To, I would like to know what's happening on my wire or my network because I need to investigate an incident. Uh, I need to know exactly which server I'm talking to, which workstation, do I see where traffic, suspicious traffic, and it's quite difficult today on modern networks. Just a practical example, for years, everybody say we need to lock, we need to keep traces of everything, we need to lock, lock the web server uh, access lock and so on. And this is a real example that I investigated a few weeks ago. Uh, we, for, so via the, the Internet Storm Center, we got a report from a reader, and this guy said, my WordPress has been compromised. Classic stuff, WordPress, nice target, CMS. So it was quite easy to investigate what happened on the server itself, because he had a backup, we, we, we had access to the full uh, files or, or all the code and so on. But the next question from the guy was, I would like to understand why my server was compromised. Because it's as usual, it was fully patched, blah, 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 and so on, but I don't know exactly what happened. Okay, please give me some logs. Do you have a pickup? Do, can you provide us some extra data? No, I can't. Because by default, on Apache access lock, if you have an HTTP POST request, it will never lock the data sent to the form, so the, the, the HTTP data. It's quite annoying. You can have alternative, like using mod security, you can lock all those kind of data, but the most convenient way is to use full packet capture. So, first we have two choices. Um, we can go for layer 3 or layer 7 if you need to know what's happening on the wire. Uh, the layer 3 is quite easy, you have a timestamp, you have source IP address, destination IP address, ports, and extra information like the size of the packets, bytes, transfer, and so on. You can have this in firewall locks, NetFlow is a well-known protocol, uh, and also basic packet capture. If you switch to layer 7, in this case, you will have much more data because you will get also the full payload of the packet, so what has been transferred, and usually it's used in next-generation firewalls, uh, full packet capture system, and so on. So, those two methods are nice, but they have pro and con, of course. Um, from a flow 
uh, approach, it's quite easy to set up. If you have a switch, you can export your NetFlow. It's very convenient. The storage is really optimized, so you can have plenty of backlog because it doesn't cost a lot of storage. Uh, but you have a lack of visibility because you know what happened on the wire, you see which host is talking to, another, to the other ones, but you don't, know, you don't know what's happening at the layer 7, of course. Full packet capture, you have full view, you can extract all the artifacts, IOCs, you can replay, you can also extract nice evidences, but the, the, the con is that the retention storage is very, very expensive. Uh, you have also a, a big privacy issue, performance reason, of course, and you need specific sensors to handle all this kind of traffic. Regarding privacy, when I wrote the first version of this slide, this slide deck, GDPR was still in a project phase. Since I think it's 25th of May, something like that. Anyway, a few a few months ago, no GDPR is active, and. It's just a warning because what I'm doing, what you will maybe implement if you do full packet capture, is against GDPR by default. Even if you try to explain why and so on, but you will collect a lot of stuff. So if people are exchanging private emails, doing e-banking operations, or just browsing the web, it's illegal from a GDPR point of view. Trust just a small parenthesis. So let's dive into the technical parts. Uh, implementing full packet capture is quite easy. So I have a lot of servers on the internet in multiple countries and so on, VPS, physical servers, and on all of them, I'm running full packet capture by default. So this is the command that I'm running, just a TCP dump, which is quite easy to understand. I'm sniffing the ATH0, uh, and the most important parameters are the, minus, the biggest C, big G, W, and W. So what does it mean? In slash data, slash dump, slash blah, 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 a specific file name, I'm storing uh, 24 times one hour, so it means that I have a retention of two days, or I will switch to the next pickup file every 500 me megabytes. And I'm just removing port 22 and port 1193, which are by default OpenVPN SSH. This is just an example. If you do this on, in slash data slash dump, dump dash blah, you will have plenty of files that you can investigate in case of incident. So, if we come back to the previous slide where we have the WordPress compromised, if you have an incident, go back to these files, analyze them. But if you have plenty of servers, devices, like we have in modern infrastructure, it's quite complicated because you will have to jump from one server to another one to try to find the correct pickup because the pickup was generated two days ago, one day ago, a few hours ago. We have virtualization, VPS, so it's, it's quite difficult to do this manually. So the solution for me was, let's try to collect, so to use the same commands to collect via TCP dump, but to centralize everything in a central place. First, to have one point to search. When you need to investigate, you will gain a lot of time if you just have one console. And of course, you can maybe have cheaper storage and you will also save a lot of cost. Why saving a lot of cost? Because I'm using free software, but free software is not free. It's just open software. Even if you install free software, it has a cost. In this case, storage. Can be bandwidth, can be CPU. So, but one of my requirements was also easy to deploy multi on multiple OS, because I'm using different Unix flavors. I also have Windows systems, uh, or the BSD systems, stuff like this. 
it must be deployed uh, on devices which are not directly connected on the to the central repository. So I'm not working on the LAN. I don't want to work via a VPN. I don't want to export file share, stuff like this. It must be completely independent. And the best way to centralize the data is using the, the wild internet. So the different components. Um, first, I'm using Moloch. Uh, the goal is not to promote this solution. In fact, Moloch is like a Google for uh, pickup files, so it's a nice web interface uh, where you can search for your pickup files. They pick, uh, yeah, there is a, um, a screenshot later. So, uh, Moloch is just a way to search. You say, give me the traffic between this IP and this IP, between this timestamp and this timestamp. It's very convenient. Um, it's powerful, scalable, I really like it. But the goal, again, of this presentation is not to make a demo of Moloch. It's just another component of the, the solution. So Moloch is based on the capturer, which can be online and offline. So Moloch can be also sniff on the wire. But Moloch can also index pickup files. That's the solution that we will use later. It is based on a database, Elasticsearch, classic stuff, and a viewer, which is a web GUI. Uh, Moloch can be installed in multiple uh, architectures, so it can be also deployed in, uh, in, uh, with slaves and so on. So have a look at this URL because you have a lot of examples how to deploy it. This is the default web interface. So you see it's like it's a mix of Google, Splunk, Elasticsearch, Logstash, whatever you want. But it's very convenient to, to investigate uh, your, your traffic. The second component is well-known, Docker. Uh, I'm a big fan of Docker. Um, why? It's an easy way to deploy tools on, on the system. I like Docker because I hate installing a lot of components, dependencies. So when you, when you install some tools based on Python, you, need, you have a lot of dependencies. You need to install extra modules and so on. And for me, I'm, I just pollute my system, so I like to have clear stuff. So I'm a big fan of Docker, so that's why I selected this solution. But again, a warning, Docker is not virtualization and Docker is not safe. From a security point of view, you don't have a full segmentation between the guest and uh, the host. So the solution that I'm presenting here is not safe. You will see later why. But the goal is also to deploy it not in the wild, but on server that you maintain, your own server. So risks are, yeah, well, reduced. Um, when you have an ID, you say, okay, first, let's have a look on Google if maybe somebody on the internet had the same issue and already deployed and start some, uh, some research. And a guy from SANS, the, the Jack, wrote a, uh, a gold paper, and the guy did exactly what I needed. So I read the papers, and yeah, it's quite interesting. So you can visit the link, it's, uh, it's online. But there was, in this approach, there was some stuff that, I was quite disappointed. Um, first, the deployment is fully automated via Puppet. Uh, it, it has multiple nodes in Moloch, so it means you will see later it's one of the convenient, but you can really have different nodes and see them in Moloch. It has real-time indexing, and it's quite good for internal networks. But if you have a splitted network over the splitted host over the internet, it's quite inconvenient because Elasticsearch must be receivable from sensors. So it means that you have to set up a VPN, stuff like this, to access Elasticsearch. And for me, it was not the best solution. 
and of course multiple Moloch instances is not very convenient. So I decided to rebuild and to have my own approach. So the goal is to deploy a small Docker container as a sensor um, with a very small footprint. So just deploy the basic software to, to collect and to send the, the data to the central repository. Um, but of course, pickups are just synchronized every X time using a cron and try. Uh, so it means that you don't, you don't have a real-time investigation capability. From an architectural point of view, it's quite easy. You have the different sensors they send to Moloch. Moloch to Elasticsearch, nothing special. And the handler is able, using also the internet, to just access to Moloch and to perform the investigations. So, Moloch server, why not run Moloch also on your Docker? So I search for specific Dockers. Uh, some of that, there are some, some Dockers available on the internet, but again, it was not very convenient for me because there was no data persistence support. <coughs> if I need to investigate, it means that I need to investigate maybe incidents for one, one day, five days, one week, two weeks, one month ago. So I need persistences. So I changed. I forked the, um, the Docker container and I built my own one using persistence and also an automatic indexing of the pickup files. I don't use live mode. So to deploy the Moloch server is quite easy. You use the Moloch capture, which is the, the, the tool used to, to index local files. Um, you just read the pickup from a specific directory, slash data, slash pickup. You monitor the directory, so it means that every time a new file is coming in the directory, it will be automatically indexed. Then you copy the file to another location, which is very important because Moloch has a capability to extract some files from the flows. So if you have an HTTP request, you can extract pictures, you can extract executables, malware samples, DLL, stuff like this, so it's quite important to keep the, the pickup files, so it uses a lot of storage. Then you delete the original uh, one and you flush the database from time to time to keep consistency. This is the, the Docker Compose, so you have the Elasticsearch and the Moloch Capture, it's quite easy. Everything is online, you, I will give you the URL later if you want to, to play with it. Then you start the Docker Compose and you access Moloch using the standard port 8. 005. The sensor is just a dump, TCP dump, yeah, TCP dump, uh, and SCP. So the, the sensor is online, so you ca if you can do a git clone, you build the docker, or you can also build it and have an image already available on the internet. From the sensor, you do the host, you do a, the, a docker pool, docker start, and the sensor is running. But it requires a lot of, yeah, a lot a few configuration steps. So in the, the configura configuration file, you can define interesting uh, parameters, like which interface will be used to sniff, the packet capture size, the file size, file rotation. You can also implement here a BPF filter, which is, so it's a dump one compared to what we saw this morning. But don't try it. If you have some specific port for management, don't lock them because it's not useless, but it will create some noise. You can specify the name of your sensor. 
you specify the SCP target, so you just do SCP to the remote directory, and you can specify SCP arguments, specific ports, do not verify the signature, stuff like this. So in fact, it's a little bit like AirSync, you can define a lot of parameters. And then when you, when you start the sensor for the first time, there is one manual operation which is important. It will generate SSH key, you see between the two cut here lines, and this SSH key must be installed on the sensor just to allow uh, a passwordless connection using SCP. Very important remark, so I talked about the security of the Docker. By default, Docker has segmentation and cannot access the interfaces on the host, on the guest. So you need to run the Docker using dash dash net equals host, so it means that the segmentation is completely broken and there is no more isolation. So you will have your process running in a Docker, but it will be very dangerous if the host is not fully under your control and so on. So be careful with this. Some tips. You can also use, you can use BPF filter on the Moloch side. And Moloch has a very, very uh, nice feature. If you see uh, port 22 colon 10, what does it mean? If there is a flow on port 22 for SSH, it will only lock the 10 first packets which is interesting because by default it's the same for uh, 443, 1194, all the encrypted communication. You will not be able to see them, of course, except if you have tools to decrypt and to perform many in the middle. But using this, you will, you will not drop completely the flow. You will just see the first 10 packets. So you, can, you have data, you know that at, at a specific, specific time, this host started uh, SSH connection to the other one. So it's, it's quite uh, interesting. I found a bug in Moloch. I contacted the, um, the developers. It was, it was funny. Um, by default, you sniff on specific interface, ETH0, ETH1, whatever you want, but in some cases, you can sniff on all interfaces. You, you decide, I have three uh, NICs, I have one tune zero because I have a tunnel, I have, I don't know, specific communications. I would like to sniff on all the interfaces, and if you don't specify an interface in TCP dump, it will sniff all the interface by default, but the pickup will be different. The first, ver if you do a file on the pickup, the first one is Linux cooked, and the second one is Ethernet. The first one is the pickup file generated when TCP dump sniff on all the interfaces at the same time. The second one is if, uh, the case when you specify on the dedicated interface. And Moloch, I don't know why, but will not index and will simply by, uh, bypass the files Linux cooked. I don't know why, but it's, uh, it's uh, important to remember. So, what are the pro and the con? Uh, in my case, I have no footprint on the sensor because it's just a docker. Remove the docker and all the configuration is gone. It runs on any system because it's docker. SSH transfer is safe in my case. Uh, and it's easy to tune and you can adapt your environment quite easily. But I don't have a real-time processing. So in my case, I'm, I'm transferring files every five minutes. So I have always a delay of five minutes to uh, inspect traffic. Five minutes plus the small amount of time required by Moloch to index the files and process all of them. And this is, well, the, the most important issue at this time. 
by default, when you run Moloch in the, in the official distributed mode, sensors will be identified by the sensor name, by a tag. In my solution, it's not the case, so it means that all the traffic seems to come from a big sensor, and you cannot say, for example, okay, give me the traffic between 10 and 11 from sensor 1, sensor 2, and so on. You need to play with the IP addresses of the sensor. It's one of the, uh, the issue. If you want to test, uh, everything is online on my GitHub repository, so feel free to download, to give me some, uh, some uh, good feedback, bad feedback. Uh, usually some people say, well, but why don't you export a file system, a guide, or why don't you export NFS to write the PICA file on the NFS server? Come on, NFS, it's, for a performance point of view, it's horrible. Also, m in my case, I need to be able to have sensors across the internet, so it's not an issue. Another guy suggested to use Fuse and to mount a file system over SSH. It will be way too slow, so... Uh, SSH for me is the, the best solution. That's the last slide for my presentation. So, is there any question? <laughs> I stayed it. Alex? Two things. The bug uh, from Moloch itself, is, I think, is not a bug, it's, it's because the pickup format you have multitude of variant of pickup format. Uh -huh. uh, when you do dash uh, I any, it means that basically at the kind of tagging at the, um, in the format itself, mentioning the interface names, which is basically not supported by the standard pickup format, and Moloch is using uh, standard pickup yeah. readers. Um, so it's, there's a trick for that. Maybe they should use the dot uh, one Q uh, tagging for having the names, so that would maybe. be maybe a way to get sensor names. I, I submitted some, some samples to the Moloch developers, yeah. and when I submitted, I did not a bug report, but I started to, to discuss with them, they were quite surprised. Oh, we are not aware of all this. Of course, TC, Ali, minus Y, yeah. NE is not very usual. Yeah, but, but sometimes it's very nifty because if yeah. you have an interface name changing very often, it's, it, it works also, well. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing that may be interesting, because I, I like the idea of a very clean sensor, simple mm -hmm. and so on. If you want to stream it real-time, a uh, thing that we are using for honeypots right now, we use TCPDUM minus uh, write, so minus W, dash, mm -hmm. and then we pipe it in uh, SOCAT, and we do a TLS Ooh. connections. Good and idea. then on the yeah. other end, we do TCPDUM minus R, yeah. dash from the socket connections. So it's basically writing the PCAP directly. That's a good idea. So it works well. Okay. I, I will investigate this. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Another question? Where, where, where? Ah, sorry. <laughs> Hi, thanks for the yeah. nice presentation. I have a question. Uh, how is the increased use of HTTPS affecting your capture? Uh, Think, uh, since Let's Encrypt has started in production mode, it's crazy. It's, way, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Even, even bad guys today, they use Let's Encrypt certificate to, 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 to drop malicious files and so on, the HTTP. So I think that today, first you have, Let's Encrypt is quite easy, very easy to deploy. It's free. Um, that's the first point. The second point is that more and more browsers like Chrome will flag non-HTTPS website as malicious or unsafe, so it will enforce people to deploy HTTPS. So I'm pretty sure that we will reach 
99, I, I, I don't know, honestly, I don't know today what's, maybe Alex, you know, you have an idea? The percentage of HTTPS versus HTTP? Yeah, over 70%. Over 70%? Yeah. yeah. So it, it will grow because otherwise your website will be categorized as unsafe. So, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's a pain. <laughs> From your point of view. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But you, in, in, in big companies, so I have some customers, they deployed many in the middle, and so they decrypt SSL. Uh, but it has a huge oh, performance for performance reasons, privacy. So for example, when they started the proof of concept, they decided to just uh, inspect webmail traffic, because webmail traffic is one of the key entry point for malware stuff like this. It does not solve all the problems because a lot of people are using Gmail and Gmail, Chrome, certificate pinning and so on, so it does not work anymore. So yeah, there are solutions, but it's not easy to implement. Yeah. But you can also deploy this kind of solution internally, and so you will inspect your own network, and you con in this case, you control everything from A to Z. So another one? No? Thank you very much. Ah, je vais rester parce que tu l'as mis